ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Tuesday, August 11th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite hold true great taste. Only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. Well, the COVID-19 saga continues in college athletics and We've got a clearer picture. It's still mud, but at least we have a clearer picture today. At least two of the five Power Five conferences have come to a decision today. And we start with the Big Ten. Big Ten deciding to cancel fall. They're going to try for spring. So all fall sports seasons postponed, including football. They're going to try to do this in the spring. They, as a league, and this is uh, Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren, he told the Big Ten Network, we just believe collectively there's too much uncertainty at this point in time in our country to encourage our student-athletes to participate in fall sports. He added, it doesn't mean that we're giving up forever. We continually have to gather information and look forward to the future, but there's so much uncertainty. This is a very Very trying time. This is one of those days you really hope in your career you never have to deal with these kinds of issues. But that's not the case in life. We have to deal with the issues presented in front of us. So Big Ten's a big domino. If any league would go first, it probably would have been either the Pac-12 or the Big Ten. It just happened to be the Big Ten. And so with the Big Ten stepping aside for the fall, That's going to open up the door for other power leagues to probably do the same. And the second power conference decided to do so. And I think these two were in concert with each other. I didn't think you were going to have a joint statement, but I think the Pac-12 and the Big Ten were in concert with each other as far as their line of thinking. And the league Pac-12 announcing also today that – they, as a league, are going to postpone fall sports and they're going to look at options to return to competition next year. This from Pac-12 Commissioner Larry Scott in a statement, the health and well-being of our student-athletes and all those connected to Pac-12 sports has been our number one priority since the start of the current crisis. Our student-athletes, fans, staff, and all those who love college sports would like to have seen the season played this calendar year as originally planned. And we know how disappointing it is. So the good news is Pac-12 students are going to have their scholarships guaranteed. The conference is also encouraging the NCAA to grant students who opt out of playing this academic year an additional year of eligibility. Ultimately, I think in, you may disagree, and if you do, that's great because the phone line is yours at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. You may disagree, but I think it's the right thing to do. There is too much uncertainty. And if you are treating the novel coronavirus as the flu, 
then I, I don't know if I can help you. I don't know if I can say anything that's going to convince you. Otherwise, I don't know if I'm going to be able to put together a compelling argument for you if, in your mind, the coronavirus is the flu. There are so many unknowns, so many long-term health conditions that could crop up from this potential long-term disease. It's just not worth it right now. And I think college athletics had ample time to try to, to get ready, try to prepare for what we are dealing with today. I think college athletics had the time. I think other factors contributed to where we're at now. I think, one, a lot of people didn't take this seriously. You know how hard it is to, to get people to, to maybe social distance, to, to wear masks, to do things that mitigate the spread of the virus? Think about it. If you wanted sports so bad, you could have chipped in. You could have done your part, try to mitigate this thing. And as a society, we didn't do that. And now we've got hot spots all over the country. Our numbers are, are rising. So there, there are forces uh, at work here. There are uh, entities to blame. It's not just college athletic directors. It's not just conferences. that. Um, and there have been, I think, lots of behind-the-scenes work from college athletic directors, from presidents, trying to figure out how to do this. I mean, Marshall, earlier this afternoon, sent out the tweet, letting all of its fan base know that, hey, we've been pretty successful with our testing, and I thought that was pretty good on the Thundering Herds part. I mean, this is what came out of Marshall's account for Mike Hamrick. On Sunday, we tested 196 student-athletes, coaches, and staff who were in the Marshall University Athletic Department COVID-19 protocol. We had one test positive, is what they said. One. One positive test result. Marshall football began practice July 31st and has had seven practices, three in full pads, and that's pretty good. It's pretty good. You have one. Nothing is perfect. Nothing. No protocol is going to be perfect. I completely understand that. I completely get that. But yet... Will Marshall be the exception to the rule? I mean, we had Louisiana Tech pop up with a lot of cases. We've had other schools pop up with a lot of cases. Marshall was one of the first schools to go because of the zero-week game. And what Marshall did was tell its student-athletes, okay, you're going to have to, gonna have to quarantine before you get here. And then we're going to have to put you through the testing before you get even into the situation of being in contact with your fellow student-athletes, be able to practice, and Marshall was able to pull that off. To Marshall's credit, I think they have done a great job. Now, can you guarantee the schools that they're playing on the schedule are going to do such a great job? You can't. Can you guarantee that? And the answer is no. Can you guarantee Rice is going to do a fantastic job? Can you guarantee Western Kentucky – can you guarantee Louisiana Tech or FAU or FIU, can you guarantee to me right now that there's not going to be any problem? 
And I know there are some that are saying, look, there's risk involved in college athletics. There's risk involved in football. Okay, I will give you that. There is risk. There's risk in everything. You could go out there. You could you could tear a tear a ligament. You could you could be paralyzed. I mean, we're trying every day to make the, the sport safer. We're now learning more about concussions. We we have protocols trying to do everything you possibly can to mitigate the risk. Just because it's risky doesn't mean you're not trying to mitigate the risk. And so here's a virus that you just can't mitigate the risk necessarily by throwing an antibiotic at it. You can't get a flu shot for this thing. There's no COVID shot right now to uh, boost your immunity. And there are long-term issues that, quite frankly... I think the Big Ten, at the end of the day, decided, look, we're, we're not ready to go through that just yet. And there's also a lot of liability. A lot of liability. Same thing with the Pac-12. A lot of risk, a lot of issues, a lot of juggling to make this happen. Logistically, probably as well. And I've seen the argument that these kids are safer in these protocols. Well, there's nothing preventing the schools from keeping these kids in these protocols because they're not here solely to play sports. Despite maybe some people's thoughts on that, these kids are here for the student portion of student-athlete. They're not athlete students. They're student-athletes. I heard that today. You know, I, I stole that, actually. I was told that by someone. These are not athlete students. They're student-athletes. And you're right. They're student-athletes. They're here for an education. They're here. And there's nothing to say that they can't continue to do everything that they have been continually doing. No one's kicking these kids to the curb because schools are going to open up. Schools are going to be mixing between remote learning on campus. There's going to be each institution is going to be completely different. And there's nothing to say that the athletic departments can't continue to shepherd over those student-athletes. There's nothing that says that, okay, you know what? We're not having football, so you're, you're out of here. We'll see it. No, I don't think universities, there's always an exception, but I don't think universities are kicking kids to the curb and saying, okay, you know what? We can't play football. We'll see you in a few months. You guys get out of here now. It's not, it's not working like that. It's not happening. And so the Big Ten, the Pac-12, they're going to shoot for spring. They're going to try to see if they can make this happen for spring. We're going to have a lot of sports in spring if they can pull this off. And we still haven't really talked about what basketball is going to look like. Football is going to be a difficult one to try to pull off. Basketball, that's going to be the next story. What are we doing for basketball? Some conferences are probably trying to go. Some will try to mitigate the situation here. But the Big Ten, the Pac-12 saying no. And, then of course, there's Conference USA. Conference USA their return to play. They're trying to figure out how to do this. And right now, Marshall's missing some games on the schedule. You don't have Boise. You don't have Pitt. You don't have Ohio. You have East Carolina because the ACC, I'm sorry, the American, the American, ACC is trying to play as well, but the American is still good. And Conference USA, you have seven of your eight still good, unless you schedule another conference opponent. Whatever the case may be, we have so many 
mix-ups here with which conference is doing what. We'll take your phone calls, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. More on the way here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Guests with Paul Swan appear via the Miller Lite phone lines. Yesterday on Twitter, I had a, a, a poll question unannounced. I didn't put it up on the show today or yesterday. I didn't do any of that stuff. No, no. Uh, I had an unannounced poll question. I wanted to see how far it would go, and um, you were paying attention. And I asked a question concerning a lot of what's going on. Yesterday's poll question, which uh, ended not that long ago, on Twitter, should Conference USA move forward with the football season? And I asked, some of you did it, I asked, leave your reason why, yes, no, in comments. So I had two options, yes or no, but I wanted you to leave a comment. Some of you did follow the instructions, and so thus they'll be read here in a moment on the air. But poll question, 335 respondents. Thank you very much for that. 63.6% of you that voted said yes, Conference USA should move forward with the football season. 36.4% of you said no, Conference USA should not move forward with the football season. What are some of the comments? Well, I'm glad you asked because um, I will read them, not necessarily in chronological order, but as I see them. For example, Chris wrote, This is the opportunity for possible TV money and exposure Work with the AAC and have good regional games. So Chris wants to play. Chris wants the herd to play because of TV money, exposure. TV money and exposure. Okay? So money is what really drives a lot of things here. Then Lenny replies, just too much uncertainty. One positive gone undetected too long could blow the entire season out of the water. So Lenny's concerned that, look, this isn't going to be healthy or safe. You get one kid that gets in there, it goes undetected. Next thing you know, it's going to spread. You could actually do worse. You could ruin the entire season. And then Greg wrote, College football players have some of the toughest protocols to even be allowed to practice. The mental aspect of a lockdown is something we can't measure, but I will say everyone needs a purpose in life to continue. I agree. We all need a purpose in life to continue. I agree with that. And yes, um, I think college football players have some of the toughest protocols. Some schools do anyway. I think it, it's not uniform. It's hit or miss at some institutions. It's probably better than others. I think Marshall probably doing an extraordinary job. You have one positive. That's pretty good. So Greg's thinking, look, these kids are going to be tested. I don't see why that can't continue. Again, why can't the athletic department shepherd these kids in some way? Because, again, they're student athletes here. They're not athlete students. They're student athletes. So they should be on campus if campus is open. They should be in some sort of situation where they're continuing their education. And let's be honest, 
if you don't have football, they can focus a little bit more on their studies as well. I mean, there's so many potential uh, positives here. You can you can take a negative and you can turn it into a positive. And again, student athlete. Um, Mike replied, I love college football, especially our herd, but there's no way to continue safely. College students will have interaction with others and it will continue to spread. Sure, numbers are down now, but that first game and everyone travels, there is no guarantee about other teams. And I'm totally on board with that because of the just simple status there. Just simple. Look, you can't tell me that you're 100% sure that Louisiana Tech's going to have this thing licked. And you're traveling to Western Kentucky. You're traveling to Louisiana Tech. You're traveling to FIU. And, of course, Florida not exactly knocking it out of the park as far as COVID-19 control is concerned. And you're going to Louisiana Tech, and Louisiana Tech's had a little problem there. And Western Kentucky, and of course Kentucky's not exactly knocking it out of the park either. Again, nobody's really knocking it out of the park here. And so you get East Carolina, you've got travel concerns. Are you going to, you're going to charter, right? And then you're going to go to the hotel, and will the hotel be a bubble? Will the hotel be a bubble? Will the hotel be as locked down as they are for the NBA with their campus and their bubble, for the NHL and their bubble sort of arena cities they're doing? Are you going to have those type of environments for college athletics? And I'm going to tell you right now, you're not. Now, Hotels are going to do their very best to try to provide a safe environment, but these aren't going to be bubbled. You're going to have other people in those hotels. Now, I know when you travel, you get to the hotel. I I know Marshall anyway. This is Marshall. You're going to lock down. Doc's going to lock them down. I get that. I completely get that. But you're... You have variables here. You have too many. I mean, Major League Baseball. Right now, we could be talking about the Cardinals and the Pirates playing, but we can't because they're not. That game postponed on the schedule because of COVID-19 concerns with the Cardinals. So the Reds and the Pirates will be the next broadcast we have. This is Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball in a similar situation. Now, granted... With Major League Baseball, I don't think that the players are going to be locked down the way college athletics will lock down the student-athlete. There's no way. These are, are, for the most part, these are millionaires we're talking about here. And for many of them, you would think they're a little bit more mature, a little bit more grown. But at the same time, we've seen baseball maybe should rethink this. We think the, you know, the bubble might not be a bad idea to pull this off. Also, um, we've got um, a few replies. One was just because. Okay, so because. Reasons. Because of reasons. Um, Jamie wrote, if fans can't attend, why play? I've been watching pro sports on TV. Not the same for players and fans. I do want to attend sports, but in a safe and healthy atmosphere. 
I agree. I want to attend sports in a safe and healthy atmosphere. I think with the pros right now, the NHL, NBA's doing a pretty good job as well, but the NHL seems to have got this thing figured out. Can you believe this? Gary Bettman, commissioner of the NHL, that league has maybe shown us the way. The NBA, not so far behind them, but it's the NHL with their bubble cities. Some pretty pretty strong words from me. Gary Bettman. The NHL's got it right, and... I, I, they weren't first to jump, they weren't last to jump, but they, they had a a thoughtful, measured-out attack to this. They had a plan, that's the thing. The NBA's got a plan. Major League Baseball, not so much a plan. NFL, we don't even know what the plan is. NHL, plan. Bubbles. Bubbles seem to work. Uh, Nate wrote, and... Again, you, you you did a great job. There was some dialogue here on this, so I appreciate all that. Nate wrote, schools cannot keep kids safe. And while kids are coming together now to say they want to play, there is nothing legally protecting the schools in case of an outbreak. If a kid dies from this or has long-lasting effects, it's the university that will be liable. Now, I'm not a lawyer, but... He's got a point. There could be some liability issues here. That could also be an, an issue. Maybe the Big Ten's got to think this over. Okay, if we go out there and we put these kids in a situation where they could catch this thing, and next thing you know, there could be some long-term effects here. There could be some neurological damage. There could be uh, lung damage, heart damage. There are some other Conditions uh, are sort of being tagged along with this. There are some things that are being studied, but there are several long-term effects here. And yes, schools could be liable. I'm not a lawyer, but there could be some issues here. I mean, you're after all, you're trying to um, protect the safe and healthy of the student athlete. Um. And then it became a conversation. Um, Dave wrote, why is the school liable if they are 18 and choose to play? Isn't that called an inherent risk? School isn't liable if they get hurt on the field. And there's been some interesting discussion on that in the thread. So I invite you to find me on Twitter, at Paul Swan. You can read that thread. Also, I got a, uh, I got a chart. I love charts. I got charred. From the CDC just last week, there is no significant danger of dying with COVID, especially if you're under the age of 44. And I got a chart. It was a graphic highlighting. The headline of this graph was more COVID-19 facts the media doesn't want you to know. So I don't want you to know, according to this, this, this chart, that 85 older, just 3.2% of U.S. population, but one-third of COVID-19 deaths. I didn't want you to know that 75 older, just 7% of U.S. population, but 59% of deaths. 54 younger, 70% of U.S. population, but 8% of deaths. Deaths don't register percentage until 15 to 24, and even then, just 0.2%. 
kids, K, college, undergrad, and no significant danger of dying of COVID-19. There is a danger, but it's not significant. Median age of COVID death right now around 78, which is average U.S. life expectancy. So you know what? You're going to die anyway. You're going to die anyway. So, hey, we want to see football. Let's play some football. You old folks, you're going to die anyway. Have you seen have you seen the membership demographics of of Marshall? Who's got the season tickets? I mean, I'm sure it's maybe not exactly mirroring this, but there might be a lot of people in these age groups that they're the ones footing the bill here. So I did look at the um, I did look at the CDC uh, chart for just a minute. I went and um, looked at it, and yeah, okay. Yeah, there have been a lot of older cases. I get that completely, but uh, there is a, there is a danger. I'm not saying that you're you're going to live through this, and I'm saying you're going to die through this because again, I'm not a scientist, and I did not get my scientific um, master from Facebook or Twitter. But there is a risk, and there's also long term damage. There's potential long term damage. Hey, you know what? You might not die, but hey, that heart condition you might develop. I don't worry about that. Hey, you might not die, but you know what? That lung damage, it'll go away in 18 months or so. It'll be fine. There there are other concerns other than, you know, not dying is great. Not dying is fantastic. But there are other concerns here, not just death. I mean, yes, let's avoid death, but let's avoid some of the other issues as well. I, I don't think we want anyone to catch this. We don't want... We don't student athletes, we don't want them infected. We don't want them potentially developing these long-term problems. We don't want mental issues. We don't want heart conditions. We don't want lung damage. We don't want any of the other conditions that are uh, being studied that could be associated with this. We don't want any of these long-term effects on our student athletes. Um, Shannon wrote, I think that all efforts should be made to play while keeping our athletes safe. Hashtag test, hashtag mask, hashtag bubble. I like that. Hashtag test, hashtag mask, hashtag bubble. It's not It's not a situation where kids can go out, get this. Okay, you got this. We'll put you in a corner. We'll let someone else play. It'll be all right. It's just like the flu. There's just not enough known. There's a little bit more uncertainty. There's other issues, long-term health concerns. There's not just the, hey, this is just like the flu. And so that's where I think a lot of the concern is for maybe the Big Ten's decision not to play. Try it again in the spring. Maybe the Pac-12's decision not to play. We'll start later. And then there's the ACC. The ACC with the smartest medical experts and the scientists in the country. We'll tell you what they said, because I'm telling you right now, the ACC, they're going to play, right? They're going to play. And we'll tell you why they think they can do it safely when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930. Never miss a moment of The Drive with Paul Swan. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hit those podcasts. Hit those. Like, subscribe, 
rate stars, five stars. Do all of that. That's a, a great way you can get the daily dose of the drive that you're so missing on certain days. Of course, we thank you for being with us live here at ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in. Of course, uh, you can join the program by calling 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Our phone lines this hour are brought to you by Miller Lite. Hold true, great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. Now, the ACC... They get medical experts. They have got the very best medical experts because they think that football can be played safely. That's what they're saying. The chair of the ACC Medical Advisory Group believes a fall season can be played safely, which is one of the biggest reasons the league remains on courses start the season in September. Dr. Cameron Wolf, a Duke infectious disease specialist, told Sports Business Daily that doctors have learned enough over the past six months to manage the risk. We've learned it all. Six months, we've learned everything you need. Quote, we believe we can mitigate it down to a level that makes everyone safe. This is what Wolf told the Daily. But Wolf has also told Commissioner John Swalford and league athletic directors that there is no way to cut the risk to zero and that they have to be comfortable with some level of risk tolerance. They have to be comfortable with some level of risk tolerance. Quote, you can't tell me that running onto a football field is supposed to be a zero-risk environment. Now, the reality is that we have to accept a little bit of COVID risk to be a part of that. Okay. I get that. Running onto a football field, not necessarily going to be a risk-free environment. I mean, you could you could suffer bodily injury because of a band cart. I mean, you could you could step on the football field and you could be injured by a band cart. That has happened. You could you could pull a muscle, you could pull a ligament, you could break a bone. You could tear a muscle. You could get a concussion. You could lose teeth. I mean, a lot of things could happen to you. Now, we try to mitigate those. How do you mitigate those? Well, we got rules to try to limit what you can and can't do on the field. You have safety gear, okay? Safety gear is important. You have helmets. Trying to understand more and more about concussions. Yeah, okay, so we we have plans in place. We're trying to mitigate all that, but we understand. We understand that there could be physical injury, but it's a constant process to try to protect the student-athlete. Now, we're not talking about concussion, even though that's a big deal, and I'm not trying to minimize that. We're not talking about a concussion because we can – Try to prepare for that a little bit better. We can try to, m- to minimize the impact of this collision sport. We try to, to put these kids in the best position to go out there and be safe. That's why you have one, conditioning. You have strength conditioning. You have trainers. You have medical staff out there. You have a lot of people out there because you're trying to overcome the potential harm of a collision sport. And I get all that. There's still risk. I get that completely. Now, 
We're not talking about that. We're talking about a virus, a novel virus. We're talking about a virus that we don't have a full understanding of. You don't have a, a defense for. You don't have a cure for. You don't have protection for. And so if I go out on the football field and I sprain my ankle or I, I pull a tendon, I break my arm, I've hurt myself, and that's that's hard. It's dangerous. Yeah, I get that. I hurt myself. Now, if I have COVID-19 and I'm asymptomatic and I'm on the football field, I, I might have tested positive for it the other day, but I might have caught it in between. And so I'm on the field and I have it, and then I might spread it to my teammates or I might spread it to the other team. And then my teammates might spread it, and it could, if it's detected, it could get out. The other team, they could have it, and they could spread it when they go back to where they're at, or you've got two locations, it's spreading a little bit more. And if you don't catch it, if you don't do constant testing here, then all of a sudden you've got a lot of people who are infected. So this doesn't just impact an individual. It can spread. But yes, there, there are risks. I get that completely. But we're trying to mitigate the risk of this novel virus and try to contain it because it's dangerous and detrimental to a lot of people. And you know what? I, I don't want people who have, of a higher age demographic to catch this and die. Going back to a, a tweet. Sure, it might be it might be safer for younger people. Hey, you're not going to die. Sure, you might not die. You might spread it to somebody who could die from it. There's that. You could develop some long-term health issues, and there's that. But, yes, so we basically have decided that, you know what, we got to be okay. We got to accept a little bit of COVID risk because we got to play football. Ultimately, we've got to go out there and we've got to play football because – we got to have football because there's money involved in football. Let me tell you right now, if this was not a money sport, we were not talking about the dollars that were being poured into this sport. Will we have this conversation right now? Would we have this conversation? And I get it. And I understand that there are serious, serious consequences here to any and all decisions here. We're going to take a quick time out. We'll come back. We're going to continue on. We'll get your phone calls in 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. More on the way. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Here's a statement from the ACC just moments ago. The ACC will continue to make decisions based on medical advice, inclusive of our medical advisory group, local and state health guidelines, and do so in a way that appropriately coincides with our university's academic missions. The safety of our students, staff, and overall campus communities will always be our top priority and we are pleased with the protocols being administered on our 15 campuses. We will continue to follow our process that has been in place for months and has served us well. We understand the need to stay flexible and prepare 
to adjust as medical information and the landscape evolves. ACC basically saying, um, uh, yeah, we, uh, we'll take it under advisement. After all, again, this is the league. This is the league that has a disease specialist at Duke saying the reality is that we have to accept a little bit of COVID risk to be a part of that. you got to have a little COVID risk to have football. Again, if this was not, this is not a money sport, would we even be having this conversation right now if this was not a money sport? And again, I don't think anyone's suggesting that if you don't have football this season, if you move it to the spring, you're kicking these kids to the curb. You're not sending them home. Don't they have classwork? Hey, what are basketball players doing when they're not um, playing basketball? Aren't, aren't they in class? I mean, seriously, aren't they in class? Don't, don't, don't they have coursework they need to be working on? Aren't they here for an education? I mean, this isn't like Kentucky where you're, you're one and done or two are done. I mean, this isn't like that. This isn't like where you, you go to Duke for a season because, well, Duke's doing it better than Kentucky right now, it feels like, one and done. It's not like that. No, you have kids that come in that are here to play basketball, and because they have an ability to play basketball, you give them assistance on their education. Yeah, it's not a perfect system by any stretch of the imagination, but these are student-athletes. These are kids here to play as a, as a part of their experience. They're still students. Student comes before athlete. And so that's where we're at right now with, well, the possibility that we could be seeing some conferences play and some conferences might not play. For example, the Summit League. Summit League votes to postpone their fall sports. They're going to um, postpone fall sports to the spring of 2021. Now, again, we're not talking really football here, but pushing sports back to try to get it all in and to be a little bit safer in the process. That's where the Summit League is right now. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255 to be a part of the program. The SEC now with their statement. The statement reads from SEC Commissioner Greg Sansky, I look forward to learning more about the factors that led the Big Ten and Pac-12 leadership to take these actions today. I remain comfortable with the thorough and deliberate approach that the SEC and our 14 members are taking to support a healthy environment for our student-athletes. We will continue to further refine our policies and protocols for a safe return to sports as we monitor developments around COVID-19 and a continued effort to support, educate, and care for our student-athletes every day. So, what has the SEC and what has the ACC said? Absolutely nothing. We'll take it under advisement. We'll tell you something when we have something to tell you. Nothing. What's, where's the substance here? He's basically going to probably make a phone call. Uh, okay, why'd you guys cancel? Really? I mean, COVID-19? SEC, I mean, did the 
the Big 12 release anything? Are they waiting? Conference USA release anything? Uh, no. The American, nothing. It's all, it's all for the best anyway. That, that means we have a show tomorrow. Coming up uh, tonight for those of you that are into the live sports that we are getting to enjoy, uh, no Pirates action tonight here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Uh, but there is hockey action. Um, the Blue Jackets and Tampa Bay, they were in overtime at last I checked. That was taking place over on NBC Sports Network. And um, the Blue Jackets-Tampa Bay series is probably going to be one of the best just because of the history between those two programs last year. I mean, Columbus just bounced, bounced the the team thought to win the Stanley Cup, just bounced them. So uh, that's happening on NBC Sports Network right now. And also, you have coming up uh, also Calgary and Dallas playing uh, that game underway right now. Later tonight, you're going to have Carolina and Boston. And the Blackhawks taking on the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, It's still an overtime, and uh, it's a 2-2 between Columbus and Tampa. Um, No score between Calgary and Dallas. And uh, tomorrow, you get the Islanders taking on the Washington Capitals. You excited, Spencer Dupuy? I'm very excited. It's your team, Capitals. I'm I'm so excited because you know what? They're probably going to get John Carlson back, and that makes me very happy because he was – you know, he's one of the top defensemen in the league. So get him back. It'll be all good. Yesterday, the NHL draft took place. Um, a placeholder for one of the teams in the bubble won the first draft. So they had the second draft. And New York Rangers, one of eight teams in the second draft, won the draft. So my Rangers were the first team out. A sad week for me last week. Number one draft pick. It's, it's looking good. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling real good. I um, I called Bill Cornwell yesterday. He um, he had a little faith. I promised him that the Rangers would win, and true to my word, the Rangers won. They got the number one draft pick. That's stuff that just interests me. And Bill. That's gonna do it. Thanks to Spencer Dupuis. The final week of his odyssey here as a free. Peace of labor. We'll see you tomorrow. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.